0: Of in the Seychelles, uh, the cargo service there is now exporting fish to Nigerian and Ugandan hotels. That is a very interesting story. Okay, Seychelles
1: is in the Indian Ocean, Indian Pacific Ocean area. It's an island that you know it's mainly based on tourism, the, the economy there. Quite an expensive place sometimes if you try to visit. But the fact that he's exporting fish to Nigeria and Uganda is interesting because one in Uganda. Uganda relies on Lake Victoria because it is landlocked, and over the past few years, Lake Victoria has been suffering because of in, inconsistent rainfalls. So the water would be below the level, and it will threaten the, the the fish population there. But also, overfishing has been an issue. But the one that I really interest in, i have an interest in the Nigeria story because we talk about Somali piracy all the time, Elvis. But there's the piracy is due to Chinese fishes catching more fish than the locals can afford to collect. And because of the international action stopping the Somali piracy, most of the illegal activities by the Chinese have moved to West Africa, and that could be the reason. Okay, Nigeria has a huge population, so they will always be importing, but they are also having a lot of fishing happening. So the fact that they are now starting to import as much as they are from the Seychelles, which is so far away, tells you maybe we are overlooking the impact of illegal fishing, Hmm. overfishing by foreigners in West African waters.
0: Then in Namibia, the production of local muhongo, a common staple food also known as pearl millet, similar to, uh, is it maize meal or mealy pop that we use here, are bouncing it, back. Yeah, except it's more
1: African. You know, <laughs> maize is not an African crop, right? So it was imported, and that's why most of our people are battling with diet, because we have, we have accepted pup as an African staple food, but it's actually not. Pale millet is a lot more adaptive to the dry conditions. It just tells you it dries better. It thrives better in in dry conditions, which, as you know, Namibia will have to the large part. But ten percent of it still coming from India, but locally produced in the main. The the nutritional value of that mahangu, that pearl millet, is much better. It is much more responsive to the to the to the people, African people, whatever their dietary preferences. So. Producing it locally is is another story, but, but it's just that point about it being grow able to grow in dry conditions. That's important. Maybe here in South Africa, instead of worrying about that, we should grow some of that. I grew up eating millet in Limpopo. It's, it's better, much, much better. It's not as sophisticated. We were wishing to eat maize meal because it looked like we were richer when we did that. But... <laughs> considering
0: that maize is not an African crop, perhaps this is what Namibia can teach us. There you go. And in Nigeria, the hospitals are turning back patients as the doctors there, the resident doctors, begin a strike.
1: <laughs> it's a depressing story. I'll just think about where we are with a COVID pandemic and new variants coming into the mix. And somehow we take our healthcare care workers for granted because Here we have a situation in Nigeria where the doctors have been asking for better working conditions, but they realize that they have come to the point where desperately they have to make their point by going on strike. But it's such a problem because it can have so many spin-off effects. Nigeria is way too central. One is just too overpopulated for this to happen. But secondly, it is connected to the rest of West Africa. So if it goes on strike and the pandemic gets out of control there because doctors are not able to operate, we we might be looking at other external intervention and and the, the, the recovery from the pandemic might not go as planned.